I know that some in our audience know the finer points of hockey. The Chris Johnston Show. We are your friends. The biggest stories, bringing you inside the game. What did you hear? The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? What is going on? Here's Chris with your host, Julian McKenzie. Part of the game. We are entering uh, the dog days of summer, uh, the dog days of uh, NHL free agency. Uh, maybe a uh, trade could come. We don't know, uh, but uh, we're starting to get to uh, slim pickings, as they call it, in terms of available talent uh, for teams who want to add during the free agency time. How are you enjoying yourself throughout all of this siege? I'm starting to ease into summer a little bit, a little, little calmer than when we last spoke on Monday. Um, going away on vacation next week to Europe, so looking forward to that, of course. So I'm, I feel like I'm kind of in that mode between – the crazy work time and then the true, you know, put up the gone fishing sign. I'm somewhere I'm somewhere in the middle right now. A couple other professional duties still to do, but uh, not a whole lot. You know, absent, you know, I think there's some big summer storylines, though, and I'm sure we'll get into that in our episode today. But I think there's a lot of things still to come, even though obviously the free agent market specifically is is gotten pretty bare here by the time you get to July 6th. Yeah, I have to admit, my head is on the gone fishing or I'm out on vacation sign. I haven't made the change in my email yet. But because of those pending storylines, because of some players who are still looking for homes, it feels like you can't just run away and retreat to the cabin or cottage or chalet or however you want to call it just yet. And then we could jump into it right away. Uh, There's a few names still looking for new homes. Uh, One name that I'm very intrigued about, you could – basically call him the best available free agent out there right now in Vladimir Tarasenko. It looked as if a couple of days ago uh, he was being linked to the Carolina Hurricanes. Somewhere within all of that, whether it was before or after, he ends up firing his previous representation, and he's now joined a CAA with J.P. Barry and Pat Brisson, and he still does not have a home. Let's talk about Vladimir, Vladimir Tarasenko first. What can you tell us about that situation? Well, I think what's interesting about the agent change is that it basically reset the clock on what he was thinking in free agency. And so I don't know that that necessarily takes any particular teams out of the running that were there before, whether it's a team like Carolina or Ottawa, uh, which had had conversations with, with Tarasenko's previous agent uh, when the when the market opened. You know, I, I do think that the CAA agents are going in there kind of with a clean slate, not really aware you know, what the offers exactly were, where the interest was, if that interest is still there, because even though, you know, it's only five or six days elapsing, obviously teams have committed some cap space uh, that maybe has rendered some of their previous conversations, um, you know, not completely up to date. And so, you know, it's it's uh, it's an interesting one. And I'm with you. I think he, it's fair to call him the best available free agent. I mean, there's still some younger players like Philip Zadina out there. Uh, you know, Matt Dumba hasn't signed as of this recording. Um, but, you know, Tarasenko, while he's certainly getting to a stage in his career, we've seen, you know, a production drop off. He didn't score as much as he would have liked after that trade to the Rangers last season. I mean, this is someone who's consistently put the puck in the net, which, you know, is a, a much valued commodity in the NHL. It's usually those type of players get paid. And even though he's in his 30s, I would expect when this contract's done, it's not going to be, you know, we're not talking about a league minimum type of guy here. This is probably going to be a fairly significant commitment. And so, you know, we'll have to see how long it takes now for a new agent to get on the file and, you know, get up to speed and, and, you know, help the player navigate it. Um, You know, but this will be one, I would think they'll probably try to get done relatively quickly if they can, just because 
no player likes to be out of work, even if even if they're pretty confident they won't be come September. Help me with with this because I've been trying to figure out what deal makes sense for Vladimir Tarasenko. I feel as if at this point he's probably going to get himself a one year deal. I, I don't know if it's worth giving him three million, like what Matt Duchesne got is is two point five or two million, a lot closer to what he should be getting. What what do you think he'll end up getting on the market? It wouldn't surprise me if he actually came in a little above Duchesne. I, I could see it being a $4 million deal. And it might even include a couple of years. I mean, I think that that's, that's probably where the negotiation is as much as the money is just what kind of commitment. But, you know, if you're him, I, I think some stability would be nice, um, you know, rather than taking a one-year deal and then potentially, you know, moving this summer after moving in season last year, potentially moving next summer. Um, you know, I, I think players by and large want to avoid that kind of thing. You know, the one thing to keep in mind with Duchesne, first of all, he signed with the Dallas Stars uh, in Texas, which is a tax-friendly state. He's still getting a you know, significant amount of buyout money from the Nashville Predators. And, you know, the Stars are a team, I think, that, that's in a Stanley Cup contention kind of phase. And so if he took a little less there, it gives them some, some room to maneuver. So I think that there's some different dynamics uh, with his situation than what you have here with Vladimir Tarasenko. But you know, I, I don't think he'll he'll come cheap, and I, I'd be surprised, frankly, if it was a one-year deal. I think you're looking at a couple of years to to sign him, and and you know we'll 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 kind of see how it falls. I mean, it's it's a harder one to read. I think Carolina certainly that that those reports were accurate. That you know we know the Hurricanes have sort of been looking for scoring. It's it's been a constant. Really, if we talk about their action leading up to the trade deadline, they were in big on Timo Meyer, if you remember, before he ended up going to New Jersey from San Jose. Um, you know, the Hurricanes are a fascinating team. They they literally just seem to 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 go for any player with talent, really. They're 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 in on everything to see what they can get, but there's there's only a certain price they'll pay. And so, you know, that that could potentially preclude them from getting this deal done uh with Tarasenko. Maybe we'll we'll lead them elsewhere. But um, you know, kind of a curveball to be thrown into the the mix at this stage. I mean, it's it's quite common, of course, for agents to, to be switched. You know, there's nothing against it. Players sometimes it's not they don't don't like the way it's going for them. But it's it's not necessarily common in, in this case, a few days into free agency. Usually you see it in advance of a free agent period as opposed to, you know, a week into the, the open market season starting. So Carolina, Ottawa, uh, in terms of teams interested in Vladimir Tarasenko, are those the two teams we should look out for? Is there anyone else we should keep in mind? Oh, I'm sure there's a dark horse or two out there. I just I don't have enough info to, to let you know what they who they are. Um, but, you know, I, I would think – the ability to add someone like him in free agency, again, if the number is kind of reasonable and not every team in the league has cap trouble, right? I mean, a lot of the top teams do, but I think that, that you see teams sort of middle of the road teams that, that could look at him as someone who could sort of tilt their favor, you know, the odds a little more in their favor. Um, yeah, I, I think that the market will be reasonable. It's just, you know, as we've seen already in this free agent period, it's just no, no one's, no one's hitting those absolute smash home run deals. Like, absolute player win deals too much. And so Tarasenko will have to work through things and, and um, you know, see where he winds up. Okay. Let's move on to Philip Sedina. A little over five years ago, uh, gets taken in the draft, passed by the senators and the Canadians. And the one quote that goes around is I was telling my agent, if they pass on me, I'm going to fill their nets with pucks. And in the present day, uh, Philip Zadina uh, has been, uh, his contract has been terminated. And he is now a free agent looking for a new home. He was placed on waivers earlier this week. Nobody took him on. He has a con as an a he had an AAV slightly under 2 million for this coming season and next. 
and now he's on the open market. Let's talk about Philip Zadina. How do you see that going? Well, look, two things are true. The, the player has not developed in a way that scouts would have thought. You know, he was a top 10 pick. There were some people I recall in that draft that were saying he should have gone even higher than he did uh, when he, when he you know, went to Detroit. But, you know, the, the first five, six years of his pro career have not been that kind to him. But he's still 23. And I think what's interesting in this story for me is, is you wouldn't see too many players do what Zadine is doing in this case. I mean, he's owed, he was owed, $4.56 million over these two seasons in actual money, uh, in, in dollars that would have been in his bank account. And, you know, he wanted a new opportunity. And so it was through that that, that the, the Red Wings and him worked together and they've mutually terminated this contract. So he's walked away from roughly $4.6 million. I, I can tell you there is a fair bit of interest in him and I think he'll be signed relatively quickly here now that he becomes an unrestricted free agent as of Friday at noon Eastern time. But I don't think he's going to be signing a deal where he recoups that money and gets made whole, right? I mean, he's going to be signing somewhere else at a, at a reduced rate and he's, you know, in effect betting on himself. And, you know, I, I say all the power to him and, and I, I respect kind of that, that attitude. I respected the attitude, even that quote that you read. I mean, that, that's someone, you know, with a chip on his shoulder and maybe a fresh start will do him well. But I mean, this, this is definitely a reclamation project for whatever team signs Philip Sedina. I think because of his pedigree and his age, um, you know, he's right on that line. You know, there's, there's a point where when you're a prospect, if you don't become a player, you know, you, you're no longer a prospect, right? I mean, I think he's past that, that stage where we can't necessarily call him a prospect. He's got a number of games experience in the NHL and the American Hockey League. But, you know, I think that there's still p- enough potential in there that someone certainly is going to give him a deal. And he's taking less money over these next couple of years to try and make it. And so all the power to him. You know, he had to stint this year, this last season in Grand Rapids. I don't think he wanted to, to be going back to the AHL next season. And so he's, he's, uh, he's passing up money for what he hopes is happiness or opportunity. And so I think he'll, he'll be kind of an interesting player to watch no matter where he ends up. And so, you know, given these circumstances, because I know your next question is going to be, where is he going to land? You know, I think we have to look at teams that can give him some sort of guaranteed NHL role, right? I mean, he's not going to, he's probably not going to land with a top tier contender who might like him, but, but, you know, has a pretty loaded lineup. I think they, you know, you should look at some of the teams, you know, more in the middle and the bottom tier of the standings who, who have some roster holes and can say, hey, look, you're at minimum on our third line. You know, this is how we line up. This is how we see you. We're going to be patient with you. We're going to work with you. And so, you know, I, th- I, I see him kind of going to a team, probably a team that didn't play in the playoffs last season, probably on a deal at league minimum or close to it. And, um, you know, his, his real goal now is to establish himself as a bona fide NHL player next season to be in a position to make more money down the road so that, you know, he doesn't look back on this, on this decision and go, Oh my God, I left that much money on the table because, you know, when you, when you don't have a certain career in the NHL, that's a lot of money, 4.6 million. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot to make up. And so I, I kind of, I like that he's putting himself out there. There's no safety net, right? It's, it's, it's up to him now and, and whatever team he ends up landing with. And so I think that he'll, you know, well, he's not a headliner in, in the traditional sense in free agency. I think he's a real player of, of interest heading into next season once we, we find out where he lands. How did you know my next question was going to be, where does he go? Because I know you like those clicks, my friend. And I know you like the... It's not like, me that likes the clicks. It's it's the bosses. I know that you like to, to see us end up in a newspaper in another country. When, you know, these, these guys on this show from the SDPN are saying this. I have noticed that the Swedish media has really taken a liking to whenever we talk about, you know, Eric Carlson developments or William Nylander developments, we, uh, 
we, we wind up in Afton Bladat and the other papers over there. Uh, shout out to Afton Bladat. Am I saying that correctly? I'm sure not, but it's it's our best oh, gosh. attempt at it. I mean, it's close. <laughs> it's it's close enough. I mean, it's it's a difficult language. Tax sorry. It, it, just uh, sorry to any of our Swedish listeners listening. Uh, I will ensure that I get a better pronunciation of that publication. But uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Sweden for uh, being a part of the legions of 100 percenters uh, who listen to the CJ show. You are right. appreciated. So we you appreciate like when you. I when I throw a name out there in a team and we give them something to, to chew on. But you know, I don't I, the truth is that I don't know where Zanita's going. I mean, he can't officially sign on, on Friday at noon is when he, his contract will formally be terminated. And then we'll see where he lines up. I, you know, I do know there's multiple teams that have some interest there. But, you know, I think that that's, that's an important, you know, sometimes free agency for certain players is just about like, where can I get the most money, right? Like, it's just, it's literally almost, it's like being at a, at a flea market where there's a, an auction and you're just auctioning your talents wherever you can go. I think this case is most important that he finds the right fit somewhere where he's comfortable and somewhere where he's going to get the chance to play because that's the whole point of walking away from that much money from the Red Wings. Any other juice on some of the other available free agents? Patrick Kane, Matt Dumba, uh, Thomas Tatar is another name that's out there. Uh, always intriguing to know what's going to happen with the Bruins and, and guys like David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron and their futures, uh, among others. Like, What else can you say in terms of some of the best remaining free agents? Well, I think that the smoke that's been out there with Dumba to Arizona is, is real, that there's certainly been interest there. And I think that there's, there's a natural fit um, for him with that team. Uh, you know, the Bruins situation is interesting. You, you might have caught during draft week, Cam Neely told reporters, or, uh, you know, basically that they have to proceed as though those guys aren't coming back until they hear otherwise. Um, you know, but I just have to believe, I, you know, you, I'm not in their minds, right? I mean, that's, it's tough when you're talking about an athlete and he's making this sort of decision with his family. But Patrice Bergeron, like winning another Selkie trophy and retiring and, and just the way last season ended, um, where the Bruins had such an amazing regular season, almost kind of a storybook thing, and then to be swept, or sorry, to be swept, to blow a 3-1 lead in, in round one against Florida. I just feel like as much as we call last season the last dance vibes, I mean, I think it'd be hard for those players, assuming they're physically in a place where they think they can play. And remember, Bergeron did finish the, se- the, the, the season injured and, and really struggled with some some issues there down the stretch. But it's hard to imagine him walking away at that point. So we'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see what develops there, but certainly no – indication yet and and yeah i mean this is this is probably a difficult time if you're especially an established free agent you know i think the wait could get rather long at this point i mean there's really got the feeling in the last two or three days here that, that things have gone pretty quiet around the league and we've seen some some smaller deals get signed zach McEwen ended up in ottawa today um but but really i don't think that there's a lot of urgency now if if, if teams haven't already signed their players i think now it's a bit of a waiting game trying to maybe chisel the number down on the remaining players. And so, um, yeah, it could, it could be till August till some of these situations get, get done. That's just the reality of how the business goes. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to sports interaction real quickly. And then on the other side of that, we're going to talk a little bit more trade specifically with one player, uh, who has yet to, uh, find a new home in Alex to you can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Time for You Can Bet That. Remember to hit up sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all of your gaming needs. Uh, you can bet on a lot of different things, such as who will win the American League East, 
Tampa Bay, the Rays, they are the betting favorite at minus 714. The Yankees at plus 962. The Baltimore Orioles, they've got a lot of young players coming up at plus 1064. The Blue Jays have the fourth best odds at 1639. Boston in last place, 15,200. Uh, plus, all the last ones are plus. The only team in the minuses, minus 714. That is the Tampa Bay Rays. Thoughts, CJ? Well, I should start off because I was pretty negative about my Blue Jays the last time out, so I should be a little more upbeat. I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the hat today for those watching the video. Yes. I'm repping, repping the Jays. Um, I'd love to say that they're going to win the division, but let's face it, I, I'd want to know the wild card odds more for them because it's not a slam dunk. They're even going to be a playoff team at this point. Uh, you know, Tampa deserves that that pretty heavy favorited spot. I, I would look at the Yankees, though. I mean, there's – there's still half a season to go here. It's not it's not baked in that, that this thing is done. Uh, so I, I would think that I would look for one of the teams to push the Rays as much as I'd love to be touting the Jays. And and I love Baltimore. It's it, I get it's sort of like a sexy pick at this point in time just because of the players they have. I, I feel like it's a lot to ask for them to win a division, but I, I wouldn't rule out the Yankees just yet as much as that gives me some uh, some pains in my arm to say. Uh, give me a prediction if you care to do so. For next week's home run derby, are you aware of all of the different participants? I am, and I was surprised pleasantly to see Vlad Guerrero Jr. part of this, just because obviously a big part of his season, the storyline anyway, has been how few home runs he's hit. Uh, so I'm going to back my guy. I'm going to say Vladdy breaks out there. I remember when he was in the comp- competition a few years ago, uh, how, how electric that was. And, and I'm going to say that this is going to kickstart a massive second half for Vladdy. And he's going to win the home run crowd. I, as much as I want to pick Vladdy to win, Julio Rodriguez looks pretty good. Pete Alonso has won this. He's looking for his third crown uh, in the home run derby. It might be one of those two guys. Ultimately, as long as everyone has fun, I'm happy. I love watching. I like the home run run derby. derby. Love it. I still, I still enjoy it. Like, I'm not saying I'm glued to it for three hours, but I, I like having it on and keeping an eye on it. I think it's, I think it's held up pretty well over time, even though it's kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Have you ever uh, been in the building for an MLB All-Star game? Yes, 1991. Oh, wait a minute. I remember I, now. I, that We've told that story. That's where that stranger allowed you to go with him to that yes, game. And my da- yeah, my dad, like, I got given ticket by a stranger. The guy only had one, and my dad let me go. I was eight years old, and this is a pre-cell phone era. I mean, I was a pretty, pretty with it eight-year-old. I knew how to get around the building. I knew how to find my seat and all that. But it's something that probably you wouldn't do today. No, absolutely not. Uh, I but it was a big children. thrill. It was a big thrill, and nothing bad happened, and I had a great lifelong memory because of it. I'm very glad of that because uh, who knows what could have happened on that fateful day in 1991. Don't forget to check out sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN for all the best odds before game, in-game, All the best props, sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. CJ, let's talk trades or, well, the lack of trades because I kind of thought that part of the market would be a little bit more bussing if you get what I mean. It's tough to make a deal now. It's tough once you get out of that that window in Nashville or in whatever city the draft is in. um, There's just not the same push to get a deal done. I think that there's something to be said for – 
getting a trade down on the first day of the, the draft, because usually they include a, a pick for that night or maybe the next day, but there's, there's sort of a, a deadline that, that pushes some action. And, you know, to me, when I look at the summer storyline still to come, so many of them revolve around trades or perhaps not trades. You know, if, if some of these instances we don't see players move, there'll be the things we talk about a lot when, once the show picks up again in September. And, you know, the Alex DeBrinkett one is, is kind of been the, the one I've got my eye on a little bit more lately, just if, if for nothing else, you know, the sides are kind of speaking openly about it a little bit, you know, some, some signs of strain there um, with, with Jeff Jackson, the, the agent for Alex to bring it to doing an interview with the athletic, you know, just mentioning that it's not, not players and, and agents that make trades, it's GMs that make trades. And, and I think the implication has been from the Senator side of this, these discussions that it, it's been tough to move to bring it because of, you know, what he wants to make the fact he's got, a limited number of teams he's willing to go to. And and so, you know, this is one, I mean, it works so well in the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade from Winnipeg to LA. Everybody got on the same page. They got that done. I know it wasn't easy. There's was a lot of moving parts, but it happened. Um, and I think once again, this is a reminder why the Jets did a nice job in that trade, because it's not easy to trade a player in this circumstance. And really the Brinkett's in the same circumstance, two-time 40 goal scorer. You know, you, you can imagine wherever his next contract is, it's going to be, a pretty big one. And so, you know, I think we have to see how this plays out, you know, it'd be interesting to see if Ottawa ever considers bringing him back. I think that's a tough thing for them to do in the circumstance. Um, but really that there's a window to get this done. I, I should mention the senators elected for Julian, what's called club elected salary arbitration with the Brinkett. Um, you know, I would think that they're going to want to trade him if they're going to trade him before that arbitration hearing that the, the hearings haven't been scheduled yet. Uh, but that we do know they're going to follow between July 20th and August 4th, because once they go into arbitration with him, then he gets a one-year contract uh, for next year. And, you know, I don't think too many teams will have that, that much interest in trading for him on a one-year deal. I think that the, the appeal here is trading for a player and getting him signed at the same time. And so, you know, since we're sitting here on July 6th and that hearing could be as soon as July 20th, I mean, certainly by the end of the month, it's likely that that will be on the calendar um, you know, that's really the window you're looking at, I think, to best make a Debrinket deal. And so that, among all the trades that could happen, that one's the one with kind of a defined period on it, right? I mean, we could go through the, the guys in Calgary, whether it's Noah Hannafin, Elias Lindholm. I mean, those trades don't have to happen on the same kind of time frame. I think that there's a world, the Flames bring those guys back, even if they don't, you know, in Lindholm's case, get an extension and, and play it out longer. But the Debrinket one, to me, seems like it's going to get pushed to a conclusion sooner than perhaps, you know, some of the other ones that are out there where there's names floating around, whether Telebuck, Gibson, and, and the like. Yeah, that's true. We haven't even discussed those two goaltenders and and their particular situations. It's a bit of confusion with John Gibson, not to delve into that too much, but it seemed as if maybe it looked as if he wanted to get out. And then there's a statement that comes out from his agency saying that, no, that's not what was said. Like, it's that's a very confusing situation going on in Anaheim right now. Yeah, and I and look, I, I think that some of it might come down to semantics about how, how the like the exact wording of a report. I don't want to get in the middle of that either. Yeah, um, but you know what I will say is I I do think John Gibson would welcome a fresh start, uh, which is not the same as saying he'll never play at Anaheim again. And, and that's where maybe some of the the breakdown comes down. But but you know, come on, it's not even a it's not even a hot take. I mean, his name was out there last summer. You know, the Ducks are clearly in a rebuild here. They've just picked at the top end of the draft. I think that they're prioritizing younger players. And I know they signed a couple 
you know, guys like Brad Kogutis and, and Alex Kalorn in free agency as to be sort of culture setters for their team. But in general, I think it's still going to be a little bit before they're back in a competitive window. And, you know, John Gibson probably wants to play meaningful games. I think that there's contenders out there that look at him at just for his ability and, and wonder, you know, how he could help. And it's a weird trade because his, his own numbers have been down for a couple seasons. And I think he weed through, you know, what impact the team in front of him's had on that, whether, you know, how much it's maybe declined in his performance. And then on top of it, he's one of the highest paid goalies in the game at 6.4 million on the cap. And so that's a, that's a tough cap it for, for teams to take on. I mean, even the Connor Hellbuck market, he's at 6.1 million. It's not the same commitment because, you know, he is a pending UFA in 2024, meaning you only have to have him for next year uh, if you make that trade. But, you know, those, some teams were asking Winnipeg to retain money on Hellebuck if they were going to trade for him. And so, you know, I think that the market's choked out a little bit, but I think both players could potentially find a new home. That being said, there's not, there's not that many places where you, you look around and say they, they truly need a goaltender. I mean, maybe New Jersey certainly is, as I know, expressed interest uh, in Hellebuck, but you know, you wonder if now the time's gone on, maybe if that window's closed, um, you know, ultimately you, you could see both veteran goalies back in, in where they are. And that's where I kind of, you know, if we're, we're, we're deeming this summer storylines, like these will be questions that unless there's a resolution, we'll just kind of linger around um, the hockey world, I think for these, this next month or so. And, you know, I do think it's possible. There's a lot of these trades, a lot of, a lot of players that appeared on CJ's big trade board that didn't get dealt, you know, might not be dealt in the summer, just because I do think it's hard to, to make the deals in this period of time where business is already kind of done. Teams have allocated cap space and, and, you know, the, the teams looking to trade these assets don't want to trade them for pennies on the dollar either. So if you're Calgary, you're facing the prospect of having a bunch of those guys who, I mean, Macklin, Noah Hannafin as well, uh, Elias Lindholm, but probably playing out or at least starting the season on the final year of their deals. I still can't help but think of, of Craig Conroy saying he did not want to put himself in that situation. And by the way, we're only mentioning like the like three or four of those names among like the seven guys who would regularly play who are also going to be pending UFAs. We haven't even mentioned Chris Tanev. We haven't even mentioned Oliver Shillington uh, among them. And yes, Tyler Toffoli is no longer a part of that bunch, but that's still quite a few players uh, that you are willing to wait on before something could happen. Not to say something can't happen between now and say like in the next week or two weeks or so, so to speak, but it is very interesting to play the waiting game with all of these assets sitting around. For sure. And, and as I said, I don't think it'll be easy to move them. I think the flames, you know, specifically with Noah Hannafin are comfortable bringing him back if, if they have to. And, you know, maybe he becomes a trade deadline asset for them. Maybe they just play out the season and let him walk. I know, I know it's not ideal, but it's also not ideal to trade a good player and get a crappy return. Like that, that doesn't, that doesn't accomplish much either. And I think that that's kind of the line you're walking, especially if, you know, you're Craig Conroy. I know he made the Toffoli deal, but you know, he's, he's new on the scene as a GM. I'm sure he's cognizant of not wanting to look like he's being taken advantage of in these situations. And so part of it is, is all, you know, setting a tone with how you deal with other managers in the league. I mean, it's 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 a lot to walk into. I don't think the doors closed. I should mention on a Lindholm extension yet either. I think that those talks, you know, well, maybe not actively going every single day, but I think that they're open and and have been ongoing. And and I don't believe a decision has been made one way or the other there. So we might still see an extension for him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how best to handle that. But I, look, look at in a perfect world, of course, you have no pending UFAs in your roster. All those questions are answered. Those questions don't exist. But 
I just don't see how that will be possible with, with the number of players the Flames have in that situation. And the fact we're, we're veering into mid-July almost, and, and you just don't tend to see too much action in, in this, this period of time on the NHL calendar. So the Flames, Alex it, the goaltending, uh, obviously uh, in Leafs land, what's going to happen with William Nylander and, and uh, Austin Matthews. I'm trying to think, is there any other off-season storyline? The pending UFAs, not pending UFAs, but the uh, current UFA crop that's still out there looking for homes. Is there another storyline or storylines that we should be looking out for this summer? Well, I think the Elias Pedersen uh, contract in Vancouver is one. He's in the same situation as Matthews and Nylander, one year out from from you know potential unrestricted free agency, and he's he's going to be someone the Canucks are looking to sign. I don't get the sense that there's been necessarily meaningful conversations there yet. I do believe he wants to stay in Vancouver, but you know the Canucks, you know they've been in this window where they've been so cap strapped uh, for a number of years that they you know they executed a buyout on Oliver Ekman Larson. They they you know made some moves to try to free up some space. Um, you know, obviously they're going to commit cap space, considerable cap space to, to Pedersen on an extension, but I think where, where his contract lands will be interesting, you know, for them and, and sort of set the course for this next window. I mean, the Canucks are trying to, they're trying to win in the next year or two. I don't, I don't know if, how reasonable that's going to be because they, they still are kind of stuck in a few situations with, with players that have inefficient deals and aren't, aren't delivering up to the, the cap space that they're, they're taking up. But, um, you know, getting getting Pedersen signed is it goes without saying should be a huge priority there. Again, I believe it will be. Um, but that's that's another call it summer storyline that I think will make headlines on the day that uh, that deal is finally completed. All right, and with that, I mean that's as much news as we can give, unless there's something you're ho- you're holding out on us, CJ. Somehow, I love to say I'm holding out on you, but I'm really I'm really not. I know you're out not. Anything. I know you're not. I know you're not. Dude, you've had such a tremendous year, uh, not just on the podcast, but like, you know, just TSN stuff as well. You've, you've been killing it, man. It, don't worry about that. We, I think we've we've exhausted enough out of you to this point. You deserve a rest. Well, and you can't make it up either. At the end of the day, what's going on is going on. And, you know, there's still lots of teams that they're looking to get better, but it's it's definitely the market is quieted significantly you know, basically from July 4th onwards. So normally around this time, when the news starts to die down, we go ghost for a little bit, but we do try to do a check-in in the summer or two. And we're going to try to make these as loose as we can. Yes, we're going to tap into news as it happens. Uh, but CJ, you're going to have to play the movie game at some point. But I promise I will try to find another game uh, that uh, will at least be fun, even if it might still be embarrassing. How's that? I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with the movie game. I'm good with a, just a silly episode at some point. But yeah, yes. it's crazy to think that we're we're sort of coming to a close on our second full season doing this. That was a. It's been a blur in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it, let's face it, it. So much happens. We're all managing multiple gigs. Producer Nick, yourself. Um, but what an awesome opportunity we've gotten from the SDPN and the chance to be part of what they're building, Adam, Steve, and Jesse uh, and crew. And, and uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, it's not a goodbye because let's face it, there could be a big deal early next week and we're probably just doing another show. Um, But if, but, you know, absent some, some big compelling news, I think we'll just have a couple random drop-ins in the summer whenever it works for, for our schedules and maybe just keep those a surprise for, 
for the people out there that are starved for hockey content once we get to mid-August and everything is, is quiet. Stay tuned, people. Uh, before we wrap it up, do you have a stick tap? I do. A little, little different one. I'm going to stick tap my buddy Tyler Smith. Um, you know, formerly of, of the Humboldt Broncos, was, was involved in their bus accident there, has become a good friend of mine. But he and his partner, Kat, are on Amazing Race Canada. Hey! And they actually won the first leg of Amazing Race. So I don't know what happens in the show yet, um, but I would encourage those that, that have a little hockey interest but maybe don't mind a little Canadian reality TV to check out Amazing Race. And obviously I'm rooting for Cat as they've uh, they've branded themselves with a hash, hashtag. But it was pretty cool to see them win, win the first leg of that. And um, yeah, something a little different. But uh, hockey connection there. Tyler's a huge fan of, of the show and a huge fan of the NHL still. And uh, you know, good to see him out there kicking some butt. Uh, mine has, uh, first off, salute to Ticat. Uh, hopefully uh, uh, both uh, members of that team uh, do well in Amazing Race Canada. Mine has nothing to do with hockey. Uh, Joey Chestnut, when it seemed like he was not going to be able to defend his title again due to a rain delay. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how the powers that be decided upon this. They pushed through a they pushed through a rain delay on Coney Island, and they still had the annual hot dog eating competition, which saw Joey Chestnut, against all odds, of course, uh, win yet again. 62 hot dogs, uh, the winning number for him this year. Champion in every sense of the word. That's absurd. 62 hot dogs. I mean, that's close to the same number. I think producer Nick had in the video that I saw out on him. Oh so. my God. <laughs> he's our, I, he's our hot dog eating champ. I think producer Nick would be happy if he ate six as opposed to 62. He could probably live with that, but yeah, my, uh, my stick tap, uh, the final one before we go on summer hiatus, uh, Joey chestnut, uh, once again, hot dog eating, champion and i'm sure he didn't have to enjoy it i'm sure i would love to know his thoughts on putting a poutine in a hot dog i would love to know his thoughts on that oh man i almost actually brought a, a chocolate bar to this episode because I, I realized it was back in september when we went through that whole thing but oh, yeah. i was like you know what I'm, I'm just gonna let that die with early season two of the show we can we can move on to new bits new new inside jokes and the like oh i can't wait for season three my friend for all the inside jokes all inside jokes and the inside news you will provide us because, you know, people do come for that as well, Siege. Yeah, man. Well, and I hope you have a good summer, Julian. And try I hope to, you have a good summer too. Try to unplug a little bit. That would be my only advice to you because next year we'll be here before you know it and it will be just as unrelenting in terms of demands. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this show again next season. And, uh, again, it won't be too long. As I say, we'll probably, probably spend like 12 minutes doing this goodbye and then we'll be back on Monday because – until be like a big trade or something that 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 brings us out of uh, the hiatus immediately. Uh, Kyle Dubas says uh, traded uh, insert player here for William Nylander. Let me not three way let... three way deal with Eric Carlson. Oh my God! Yeah, we didn't even mention Eric Carlson at all of this. It's still quiet with him. It's still quiet with him, but he'll be playing somewhere else next year. I'm pretty confident of that. CJ. Uh, go get yourself some rest. Uh, mix in a water when you can. To everyone uh, listening or watching, uh, thank you for your support throughout this year. Stay tuned for when we might drop in randomly in the summer with uh, some check-ins, some fun stuff, and even more here on The Chris Johnston Show. For CJ, I'm Julian. So long, and enjoy your summer. Peace. The Chris Johnston Show. Powered by Sports Interaction.
Wanna bet? Inside the game, twice a week. Follow Chris on Twitter at ReporterChris. And follow Julian McKenzie at JK McKenzie. The Chris Johnston Show.